Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua, and you're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. In today's episode, we're talking about the metrics that you use to define and drive success in your talent acquisition program. Are you looking at the right numbers? When it comes to metrics at People Scout, we like to say there are vanity metrics and sanity metrics. One might make you feel successful, the other can help you actually be successful. So what's the difference? And how can you tell which numbers are going to be the most powerful for you? Joining me today to answer these questions and more is Steven Carlson, People Scout Vice President of Client Delivery. Steven, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So to start off, can you walk me through some of the traditional metrics that talent leaders have historically tracked? Uh, sure. Obviously, there's there's a number of those, but I think some of the most common ones that we all use, uh, regardless of, of what company you're with, what industry you're in, are you know time to fill and time to hire are probably some of the, the biggest ones we see. Uh, source of hire, we obviously want to track where candidates are coming from. Cost per hire is probably a large one. Offer acceptance rate. I mean, there's probably you know 20 of them that I could that I could name now. Um, but really, quality of hire, hire manager satisfaction, a number of those that really just grab uh, some type of data around how the interview process, or excuse me, the recruitment process uh, was going, uh, how it went overall, some type of of gauge to give us some historical information on how we feel the uh, the recruitment went. So. Those are just a number of them. Like I said, there's probably about 20 or 21 in total, and everyone has a, a different preference of what they of what they want to track. But there's a number of them to go through. Great. And so, as you know, we like to use that phrase "vanity metrics" versus "sanity metrics," and some of these measures could probably qualify as vanity metrics. So, can you explain what that means and how these types of metrics can fall short? Yeah, I actually love that phrase. I know there's some people who probably have not heard of that phrase before. Um, but if you never heard of that phrase, you probably know, though, what metrics would fall into that once we talk about the definition of it. So uh, we always like to say vanity metrics are really any number that really only sounds good or looks good on a PowerPoint. The one that really doesn't have any substance behind it, but it looks good on a slide when you're doing a presentation. So these are really your surface level, level metrics that don't really give you any type of insightful data or any meaningful information. So um, we like to look at time to fill, for example, which I know almost every organization looks at, every organization analyzes. Um, but at the end of the day, time to fill is really just a vanity metric. Uh, it really just took you, uh, it takes you uh, X number of days to fill a job. There's no real substance to that. There's nothing you can bring to um, a meeting or you can bring to uh, uh, leadership or your manager and say, hey, I have this number and I want to dig into it, or here's what I'm here's what I'm learning based on this time to fill. It's really just a snapshot in time of historical information that doesn't give you anything in, insightful to go off of. So um, that's a vanity metric. Again, if you put it on a PowerPoint to, to make your slide look good, um, you know that's, uh, that's typically what we call a vanity metric. Thank you. And I want to dig into that example you gave just a little bit more. So taking that time to fill number as an example, what are some better statistics that we can look at to try and identify any challenges or opportunities in a recruitment program? Sure. Uh, so like the, the vanity metric we're talking about now, time to fill, uh, again, like I said, it, it really only tracks how long it took you to fill that job. There's nothing you can pull out of that. Uh, um, a metric that, that we love to use and that we talk to clients out about often is 
um, time in process or time to hire. Though they may sound different, uh, fundamentally, or they may sound the same, excuse me, but fundamentally, they're, they're very different. So time in process or time to hire will look at your time to fill, but it then breaks it up into different subcomponents. So if it took you 60 days to fill a job, let's look at that a little more granular, on a little more of a granular level and say, what was the time and process of each step of your recruitment process? What made up that 60 days? If that was you know, 60 days in total, but it took you 30 days to find the individual, 20 days to get them interviewed, and 10 days to do your background check, you can look at those across the board and say, does that on average, um, what we're doing as an organization, does this, does this seem right? That much time to find someone, that much time to interview them, and that much time to get them through the, the background process. If it's not if it's not right, and you say, "Hey, we can tighten this up a little bit. We can find people faster. We can interview them quicker. We can make our background process shorter." Um, that's the type of analysis you want to be able to do on data to make sure that it's it's a reasonable or it's a it's an impactful number and it's an impactful metric that you can use to better your organization. So time and process is a huge one. Uh, offer acceptance rates are often large too. That is when we just look at. What is the rate of acceptance on offers that you're making to candidates? If you have a high acceptance rate, typically means you have a good uh, EVP. There's a uh, there's a good employer uh, employee value proposition. You're answering questions throughout the process and not surprising a candidate at the very end. We have um, clients that we're working with now where they experience a high fallout rate, so their offer acceptance rates are low. Um, they may not be aware of the salary, the location, a lot of the um, details that are necessary throughout the process that help make uh, candidates feel informed and give them the information they need to decide really if they want to take this job before it gets to offer. Um, so if you're having a low offer acceptance rate, there's some work you can do there. If you have a high offer acceptance rate, uh, you know you're guiding your people through uh, a process that is very well established, it's informative, and you're going to increase the success that someone's going to accept the offer at the end of the process. So those are two that we often call out that seem to be the most impactful and, and really the most engaging. When we bring those to clients, those are the two that usually give us um, the largest amount of engagement and conversation, and, uh, and we can help build a strategy off of uh, off those two metrics. So I'd imagine once you start digging into these numbers, you can find, you know, the challenge or the thing you need to change may be a little bit different for any employer. So how would you go through this process with a client kind of narrowing down, finding where the issue or the opportunity might be and finding a solution? And is there an example that you could walk me through? Yeah. So this is something that we, we typically do with all of our clients. I think it starts with just the general question of what's what's the goal of your metrics? Right. Like, what are you hoping to accomplish with the metrics that you're pulling? If they're not quite sure, you know, they're probably leaning heavy on vanity metrics. Um, so we like to ask them, you know, are you looking to elevate the service your TA team provides? Uh, are you looking to shorten your recruitment process, your, your time? Are you just hoping to tighten things up a little bit? Like, really, what are you hoping to accomplish? Uh, we had this conversation with a client recently, and we found that they were using a lot of vanity metrics. And it was obvious when we started, you know, asking questions around our partnership. And the partnership, it felt like there were things that we could do better with them, things that they could give us access to, and we could just generally partner together a little bit more. But if you looked at our data, everything was great. So I was talking to the client, this was probably about two months ago. And I said, hey, you can tell like there's things we want to tighten up. There's things we all want to do better. But if we look at our reporting, 
and we look at our, our slides of our recent meeting, it says that we're green. All of our objectives are green and we're, we're hitting our mark on everything. Um, so it was that, that realization that things didn't feel right, but on paper they looked right. So it was a clear example of we were using a lot of vanity metrics to say things looked good and, and everything was going well when they really weren't. So we were able to pull that back a little bit and say, what do we really want to use these metrics for? We want to be able to make sure your process is as uh, efficient as possible. We want to make sure we're calling out opportunities to get better. We realize there's always going to be uh, issues in the recruitment process because our recruitment process is, is established and the market is always changing. So how do we use our metrics in a way that can respond quickly to what's happening in the market. If all of a sudden uh, the candidate pool is extremely low, we know we're going to have a lot of work to do on the front end to find people and get them into the process. So then how do we shorten that time at the end of the process? How do we make sure the interview process is extremely efficient, the background check process is efficient? How do we shave off time at the end of the process to make up for the large amount of time that we're going to have to spend at the beginning of that process. So it's really just having that collaborative discussion with the client and really understanding what are the goals of your metrics? What are the goals of your organization? What do you really want to focus on? And are your metrics set up in a way that can give you the actionable data you need uh, to make decisions to help you uh, push towards those goals? So it's a fun conversation once you get into the the actual thick of it and realize, okay, we can really drive some real change here uh, once we were asking the right questions and we're looking at the right data. So it can be fun when you start solving the problems. It's uh, It can be hard to get into, but once you're into it, uh, it's honestly, it's hard to stop. Thank you. Now, I'd imagine right now we have someone listening who maybe feels the way that you just described. You know, vanity metrics all look great. looks like you're hitting your goals, but something, you know, just doesn't feel right. So if you have someone inside a talent team who's sort of having that feeling, do you have any advice for them for starting that conversation? You know, kind of the idea of shaking the boat when there's not any waves. Yeah, I think, I think you can go about it a couple of ways. One, you should always have a relationship with your your RPO partner where, where hopefully you don't need to find a way to bring up certain you know certain topics right I, I know all of our clients especially the ones that i work with can come, can come to me at any time and say hey this looks good but it doesn't feel right like can we talk this through or uh you know if everything looks good and it's kind of an impromptu conversation i don't think um i don't think any of the, any of our clients or any client you know out in the out in the industry should should feel bad about saying hey, i want to i want to see if i can make this better you know i want to see if we can improve this or can we dig into our metrics because I want to see if we have an opportunity? And that's usually followed up by the conversation of maybe maybe there isn't an opportunity. Maybe we're doing the best we can. We have completely um, achieved operational effectiveness and we're good. Uh, but nine times out of 10, we're going to look at this and say, you know, here's some things that we could tighten up. Your processing time takes a little too long or takes a little too long for your hiring managers to interview candidates once we uh, once we bring them to the table. Um, and if, if you can find one thing to focus on, it's interesting to see how much time you can save, how much candidate experience you can improve, um, and then how many resources you can free up to maybe work on some other action items that um, you didn't think you had the bandwidth or the budget for. So uh, my hope is that that most of the, the clients that utilize RPO or, or most of the clients or excuse me, all the clients can come to us and say, hey, I have a, I have a question. I want to work on this. I need your support. Uh, and we're happy to do that. But it's an interesting concept because sometimes you don't want to rock the boat if you, if you think things are going well. But that, to me, that's also the time where you should be able to challenge things. 
um, and say, hey, this feels good. Um, how do we make it better? Like things are always changing. So what can we do to, to make sure we're ahead of the curve or uh, we've achieved everything we need to achieve at this moment. So let's let's take on more. And I think in those uh, in those risks is where you, you get a lot of reward. So it sounds like to really get the full picture, you need to be able to have all these data points and pull them together. What kind of tools and systems should talent leaders have in place to make sure that they have access to this data? Yeah, that's a great question, because obviously this all hinges on do you have access to this information? Um, luckily, everyone does. This this is usually information that can be pulled out of your applicant tracking system. Excuse me. Uh, on the People Scout side, we're able to to leverage our technology, so we leverage uh, Affinix to be able to pull a lot of this information and then display it in a way where it's easy for us to read and and make decisions on. Um, so a lot of this information is sitting right there in your ATS. The issue the number of our clients have is. Um, having the time to have someone go in and pull that information and then analyze it in a way where you can make decisions. So um, as an RPO partner, you know, we obviously bring a num number of years of experience to the table, as well as insight um, from a number of different clients. So not only can we analyze what's happening with our clients' data, we can use this and look at other information um, of what's happening in the industry to say, okay, is this normal? Is this not normal? Here's what your benchmarks are. And here's what your goal should be. Um, so like I said, the good news is all this information is in your ATS. Um, you just want to make sure you either have someone internally or a strong RPO partner with the right technology, such as Affinix, to come in and be able to pull this information out and utilize um, you know, their years of expertise to put all of it in a form that you can read, it's easy to understand, and you can make decisions off of. So it, uh, it can be daunting because there's a lot of information there, uh, but the right partner with the right tool should be able to help, you know, any company um, sift through that information and pull out what's important. Thank you. And you really led into my next question there. And that's really about this idea of benchmarking. And we know for talent leaders that knowledge of what others are doing can be really valuable. So how can talent leaders compare their programs to others in the space? And is there a way for them to learn from the success and successes of other talent programs? Yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest question we get from our clients is, you know, when we sit down, they don't just want to they don't want it just a report out of their data. They don't just want to talk through. Tell me how many jobs we filled. Tell me what that time to fill is, whether it's a vanity or sanity metric or tell me about my offer acceptance rates. They want to know, hey, based on your other clients, is this normal Are what we've seen normal? Is this are, are we unique? And, and we always kind of laugh at that conversation and say, no, like you're you're definitely uh, experiencing what what everyone is experiencing right now, and that question to me it's 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 very insightful because it's it's a reminder that our clients are very very uh, knowledgeable in their companies and in their markets. Right, they are they are specialists in what they do. That's why you know they they hold the roles that they hold within their organizations, and they. They've been as, as successful as they uh, as they have been, um, but they don't have that visibility to what happens outside their company. So um, we enjoy coming to the table and saying, "Hey, here's what we're seeing across the board." Obviously, respecting other client confidentiality, uh, but we can talk in uh, you know in in broader terms of, "Hey, this is typically what we see and how long it takes uh, someone to make it through the interview process," or "This is." Are the offer acceptance rates uh, that other clients deem successful are typically this. Or if you're having an issue in your process and you're losing people, 
you know, at the interview stage, it's most likely because it's taking this long and this is generally how long it takes at other clients. So um, a strong RPO partner like PeopleScout can bring to the table some of that benchmarking information. Um, usually the clients have a good understanding of where they want to be and we can kind of come in as that, that validation of, yes, you're on the right track. Um, the goals that you have are definitely uh, acceptable. Um, and I think our clients have often come to us and said, hey, this this feels really good. You know, you're telling us things that are not great. You're telling us where we're falling short with our metrics, but you're also validating some feelings that we've had for a while, but we don't have a partner to validate that for us. Um, you know, we don't have anybody externally that can come in and say, yes, this is this is incorrect. Here's what you want to do. So they can come to us and say, hey, we've, we've worked with you for so long on just recruiting help us analyze our process, help us analyze our uh, employee value proposition. You know, we have the credibility where we can look at these metrics and look at their other programs and give them some benchmarking. And that often gives them the validation they need to go to their leadership and say, hey, I think we need to make some changes. Here's what PeopleScout was able to validate for us. So um, the interesting knowledge we have, the client information that we have, uh, our pulse of the market and how uh, the market completely just changes. We we said this to a client not too long ago. You know, it used to be like every four or five years we would talk about how the market is different. And now it's about every two weeks. So if we can help guide our clients through a market that changes literally every week or every two weeks uh, by analyzing their data in a way that they may not have the time or the expertise to do, uh, that's something we're happy to do. So like I said before, it's a, it's an exciting process. It's something that, that I love doing. I know our organization loves guiding people through this and providing this information. Um, so if we can help anyone uh, you know, analyze their metrics in a way where they can make some actual change and put some, some actions behind it, um, that's something that we're, we're definitely excited about doing. You were just talking there about market conditions. And I wanted to ask with the current market conditions, as we head into 2023, you know, we're kind of facing some continued uncertainty and some scaling back of hiring plans within some organizations. So why is it so important to have this in-depth analysis and understanding of your talent program? Yeah, it's, it's basically the, the market is extremely complex. And I know that's, that's, it's kind of an understatement, but there's there's industries right now uh, that are obviously going through you know heavy periods of contraction and saying hey we're we're reducing our workforces by by this percent and those are always the headlines that you always see but there's other organizations that are growing during this time so being able to look at your own internal data to say these are the markets we play in and this is what's happening in those markets right now um, how do we make sure that our recruitment process is set up for these ebbs and flows. Um, are you tracking the right things? Uh, and like, I don't think we talked about this metric before, but there's a number of organizations out there um, that analyze uh, application rates. How many applicants did I get to this position? Um, a large number of applicants means what? People don't really know. It means, hey, our job is exciting, or uh, a lot of people want to work here. Um, but that's also just an indication that certain markets are uh, letting workers go or, or putting them back into the workforce, and now they're coming to you because you have an open job. Um, but what you should be really looking at is how many of those people coming to our job are actually qualified for our job. Um, and then you can look at the, the qualified application rate to determine if you have a healthy candidate flow. So the reason I bring that up is because the markets are, are changing every day. Uh, but you need to keep a, a, a steady eye or a close eye on your process because your process will need to shift 
constantly, though you're still going to have the general source screen um, interview and offer. Uh, but where you need to spend time in that process will change. It may be easier and it may be harder to find people. You may be able to uh, take a little longer on interviewing or you may be able to or you may have to move extremely quick just based on how the market is. You may have to look at shifting your resources internally and decking them against certain parts of the interview process or the background process or any part of the recruitment process if you need to move faster in certain areas. So um, your interview process should match what's happening uh, in the market uh, or more so your support of that interview process should match the changes in the market. So you have the right resources there to guide candidates through in a quick, in a, in a very quick fashion uh, and giving them the best candidate experience possible. So uh, you definitely need to keep track of what's happening in the markets overall uh, and then make sure you're set up in a way uh, to react to any changes you may have in your candidate flow um, or just your overall timeline and time and process. So it can be complicated, but um, you know, with the right guidance and the right understanding of, of how the markets affect our, our workflows, uh, it can be extremely successful. So as we talk through this, you know, some of our listeners may be thinking they don't have the resources within their own teams or the expertise within their own teams, and they're looking for a partner for this, for this kind of a project. So what kind of qualities should they look for in an RPO partner to really help them with this process of reviewing their data? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great question because there's, there's a ton of organizations out there who can, who can come to the table and say, we can give you recruiters, we can help you with your process, we can help you with your volumes. Um, but it's so much more than that. I think in, in any organization, if you're looking for an external partner uh, that's going to help you with volumes, but also help you with your strategy and help you understand the data that you have now and how you can make decisions um, to set yourself up for future success, you really need to dig into your partner and understand, you know, do you have the experience? Do you have the, the global reach to understand what's happening really across the globe? Uh, and provide insight above and beyond just these vanity metrics. Uh, there's organizations that will come to you and say, we can guarantee time to fill in this, in, uh, you know, between these days, or we guarantee a placement in these days. And that to me is just such a transactional approach to recruiting that we want to be able to talk through what goals you have. Yes, we can try to fill jobs for you quickly, but more importantly, we want to fill jobs with the right candidates and put candidates into the right recruitment process um, that's going to give them the best candidate experience possible. So a partner that really has the ability to analyze that data can bring technology to the table um, to supplement and also elevate your recruitment support and recruitment experience. Those are the partners that, that I think most organizations are looking for now. Uh, it's not just one or two people to come in and help process offers or, or do something transactional. It's how do you come in, uh, stabilize, give me that transactional support, but on top of that, provide that strategic component that I think a lot of organizations are really hungry for right now. Well, that is the perfect place for us to wrap up. Stephen, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was definitely great to, to talk through metrics and, and what we can bring to the table. So hopefully uh, you found this informative and uh, happy to talk in the future. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't answer today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our website or subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking Talent is a People Scout production. Music by Sound Design through Shutterstock.